Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. So it's kind of cheating because that's what we do every week. But uh, but I'm going to preach about the Father. I'm going to talk about uh, knowing the nature of our Heavenly Father. Because knowing the nature of our Heavenly Father changes everything. Can I get an amen to that? Because we have a good, we have a good, a good Father. We have a good Dad. He's got good plans for us who has big vision for us, that has, that has bigger dreams for us than we have for ourselves. Amen? And God wants to use his sons and daughters to transform the world around us. He wants empowered sons and daughters. But in order to be empowered, we have to know his nature. And we're, we're, on, a, we're on a mission to know our Heavenly Father. Would anybody agree with that? That we're on on this mission together, individually, corporately. Our mission is we want to know God and be known by God. And our Father paid an incredible price for us to be reconciled to the Father. He sent his only begotten Son, that he would come and die on the cross for us. He paid a big price that we could be reconciled. The least we can do is fully step into all that he paid for. Oh, come on, help me out. Can I get a, a big amen? Like a big amen on that one. And, and we, should, we should, in return, be fully invested because God is fully invested in us. So we're on a mission to know this wonderful Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. We're also corporately on this mission to host Him well. And we, we've been talking about that a lot the last few weeks, but we want to host God. We want God to be comfortable in our midst. Do you know why metal disappears from people's bodies in a room? Because God's here, right? It's not, it's not like because we got the lighting right, right? It's not because it's not we, we sang the, the perfect worship set in the right order. It's not because we put the right scripture verse on the screen. Like, it's because he's here. And how many people want him to continue to be here and only increase his presence here? That more of his goodness is poured out, more of his love is put on display, more breakthrough happens, more people come running to his goodness. And they find the love and they find the embrace that we have found. We want to host him. Well, we want him to feel at home in our midst. We want him to be comfortable, but part of knowing how to host him well is knowing him. Amen? You're going to throw a party for somebody. The more you know about them, the better party you can throw. The the better hospitality you can provide, the more comfortable you can make them. Right? It's nothing worse than having a guest come to your home and you like, you know, put on a spread and it's like, 
everything's got peanuts in it, and they're like, oh, I'm definitely allergic to peanuts. It's like, bummer. <laughs> You're not feeling like a super host in that moment, right? Because that bit of knowledge would have changed how you host it. Thank you, Jesus. We're on a, we're on a, a mission to host him well. Because he wants to abide with his sons and his daughters that he loved, that he loves so well. Do you know that the way that we see the Father changes everything? It changes everything. The way that we see the Father changes the way that we see the, the world. It changes the way that we see ourselves. It changes the way we see our, our engagement with the world. It's all based on how we see him. And even, even more specifically, how we see the Father seeing us. Because it's not just about knowing information about him. It's about knowing him and being known by him. It's, it's not just loving him. It's allowing him to love you in return. It's a relationship. And so when we look at the Father, we don't want to do, we're not supposed to see his back. It's like, oh yeah, I've been gazing at the Father all day. I got to peek at his ankles. Like, like look, live, I'll take it. That's a starting point, right? But we're supposed to work our way up. We're supposed to behold the beauty of his face. And then when we look at his face, the defining moment is how he looks back at us. The way we see him seeing us changes everything. His expression, our good, our good father, when we behold his beauty, when we look at God and we, we, see, we see a good expression, by, in response, that we that we begin to see good things in ourselves. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we behold him and we in turn see him looking at us with this good, beautiful expression, a good expression, the gaze of a good father, seeing goodness, we in turn begin to see good things in ourselves. We begin to see the way he sees. But it doesn't stop there. We also begin to see good things in the world around us. Listen, there's, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, but just so we understand, there's a lot of Christians that think their role is to see everything wrong with the world. And they call it discernment.
wants to fill us with hope. That God wants to fill us with hope. Why? Because he's full of hope. That God wants to fill us with love. Why? Because he's full of love. And that what he has, he wants us to have. Why? Because he's a good father. The good things I have, I want my children to have. That it's, that it's his pleasure. It's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. That he, that he wants us to have it. That he wants us to be full of faith because it's his nature. That when we look at him... He wants us to behold something that when we turn around, we're like exploding with faith. We're exploding with hope and we're exploding with love. Huh. Oh, man. <laughs> don't you, don't you, have you ever noticed that, that small children, the toddlers, especially at that age, they're always, they're always running and they're checking, the, they're, they're checking in with their parents. And when I say checking in, I don't mean like, hey, excuse me, mom, dad, is everything going all right? Like, we, how much longer are we going to be here? Right? No, we're talking about a toddler, right? They're not checking in. The, what are they doing? They're looking for the face. They're like playing over here, and they're like, oh, uh, where, where's mom? Where's dad? Oh, uh, checking in? Oh, you look happy. Great. I go back and continue doing what I'm doing. Look, there's a check-in. That we as sons and daughters are called to continually check in. Yeah. Look, those who think they're experts forget to check in. Those who think that they're experts get used to people checking in with them. But God, God's a, God never calls us experts, He calls us children. Oh. And when, and when things are going wrong, listen, when you're little, right, and a bully comes around, where do you go running? To your father. And you get around your father, and all of a sudden, confidence. That's the right, because now I got my daddy with me, right? That's how we're supposed to approach problems in our world. That's how we're supposed to approach problems in our life. Look, discouragement is not supposed to overtake hope. But it will if we forget to check in. Or if when we check in, we misinterpret who our father is. <laughs> you're like, you have a bad day at work, right? And you leave work, you're like, everything's terrible. And like, oh, the company just got notified. The company's shutting down. All the employees leave, everybody's depressed, but you go home and you check in with your father. And you look at his face and you're like, and he's like, don't worry, son, I got you. He's like, in fact, I got something better for you already. Already lined up, I got your back. I am the father of provision. I'm taking care of my kids. I've got you. And you are ballooning up with hope. You're, and you show up the next day. You're like better than when you left the day before. You're like, Floating in there, you're like, dude, today's an amazing day, and everybody else is depressed. They didn't know how to check in, so they're worse than the night before when they left. And now you're sticking out like a sore thumb. They're like, have you been drinking? And you're like, kinda. <laughs> I've been I've been drinking from the expression of my father's face. 
He filled me with hope. He spoke to me about my position and my role and my destiny, and I have confidence. And you know, the next thing they're asking you is, how do I know that father? And then you get to lead them by the hand to meet the same good father that you know. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? <laughs> in order for the bride to be empowered bride, we need to know the goodness of our father. Look, to be empowered. To be empowered requires empowerment. And empowerment comes from knowing his goodness. How good he is. I'm talking about the father that you and I share. I'm talking about our father. Amen? That, that to be empowered, to see things change, to see our families change, our marriages change, to see, to see healings happen and transformations and salvations. For that to happen, we need to, we need to know his goodness. You can't, you can't see healing, restoration, and deliverance unless you can first see love, goodness, and kindness. I'll say it again. You can't see healing, restoration, and deliverance, which is what we all want to see. Amen? Like somewhere in those three, you're like healing. There's you want to see somebody get healed? You want to get healed? You want to, you want to see healing? You want to see restoration? Anybody want to see restoration? You can think right off the top of your head. There's somewhere in your life, in your world, you'd like to see restoration happen, right? Or deliverance, right? Things called out of, out of improper alignment back into heavenly alignment. Like, those are things we all want to see, but we can't see those unless we can first see goodness. Unless when we look at the Father, when we look to the Father, we can't first be looking for healing. We can't first be looking for restoration or deliverance. We have to first be looking for love. We need to first be looking for his goodness, and we need to first be looking for his kindness. And out of those things, it empowers us to begin to see the other things. There's, there's the story of Moses. We all love, we all love this story. God's calling Moses to take the people into the promised land, and and Moses says, "We'll only, we'll only go if you go with us." And and God says, "I'll send an angel." And Moses like, "That's not good enough. Like, like how are they, how are they going to know that you're our God unless you're with us? Like, you have to come with us." And God relents and says, okay, I will go with you. And, and in Exodus 33, verse 18 and 19, then Moses said, now show me your glory. How many people would like to see the glory of God? And I let you in on the secret. We've been peering in a little bit tonight. <laughs> but Moses says, let me see your glory. And the Lord responds, the Lord says, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. Now, sometimes I think we can read that and go, 
God didn't give Moses what he asked for. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that that God, God thought Moses couldn't handle it, or God thought it was too much, or God it was like, you're not ready, or whatever the case. And it's like, well, you want this, but here, I'll give you this. No, that's not the case at all. Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, great, no problem. Here's the lens you need. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Jesus. How many people believe we have a good father? You know, I, the, the other week I, I spoke of how the expression of the father uh, plays a significant role, the, the mother and the father, um, but the father uniquely plays a uh, significant role, uh, the expression of the father in an infant. So I spoke of this the other week. And an infant doesn't, doesn't understand a lot of things cognitively, but one thing they do understand is the look of acceptance and joy in their father's face. And it imprints on them at an early age. Thank you, Jesus. And many of us have, have been, you know, walking with God for a long time, you know, six months, six years, 60 years, and some of us have grown, we all grown, we all grown, and we all have come into new revelations and new things, and I feel like this is a question that God is, is asking, because God's going to be releasing some healing and even some breakthrough in some, in some areas for people tonight. And a lot of people in the room right now, you'd be like, yes, I know I have a good father. But I feel like God was asking this question. He's asking, in your developmental years, as a Christian, did you know how good I was? Because he's saying that you were supposed to have the expression of my goodness imprinted into your spirit, man. In those formative weeks, months, and years. But here's the thing. Our good father isn't restricted by time. And I actually feel like God is going to go back and begin to fill in some places. For people tonight that were missing it. And I, again, I'm talking about people who are like, man, the last ten years... I've just been burning up in the goodness of God. But for even for some of us, God's like, well, yeah, those first 10 years, <laughs> those first two years before you knew how good I was, he's going to come and move and breathe on some people. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God. <clears throat> Nehemiah 8, 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send the portion to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow. Why? Because somebody is possessing joy. 
that will transform you from the inside out. Now listen, it says that the joy of, of the Lord, whose joy? His joy. Again, we can misinterpret that and go, I need to think about God and get happy. And that becomes my strength. And listen, there's, some, there's a little bit of truth to that. But what he's actually saying. Now think about the formative years when if that wasn't imprinted, God's going to come and replace it with his imprint. Now, look, I, can, I can feel it. There's, about, there's a breakthrough that's about to come in this room right now. But there's, there's some people in the room that are like, I've been wanting, I've been pressing in for things. I've been desiring breakthrough in some areas, and I haven't seemed to be able to break through in any of these areas. And God's saying that, that there was strength that you, were, that you were devoid of because of that formative place. You didn't know my joy. He's about to come with the goodness of his countenance. With the goodness of his countenance. And he's about to let you see his joy. When you look at his face and you see that smiling father, that, that infant who doesn't know anything about anything, but when they look at the father's face and they see that big beaming smile, they're like, I don't know what's going on, but I know that. Everything is good. Everything is good in the world. When you, when you look at your father and you see his joy, not just that he's happy, God, like over here, like high-fiving angels. No, no, not just that he's, that he's happy and majestic. No, but when you look at him, looking at you with that joy, that's when strength comes into you. Thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time. Amen. Listen, God is good all the time. It's true. God is good all the time. Why? Because that's his foundational nature. It's, it's his base DNA. It's who he is. By comparison, I, I would say I'm a happy father. I'm, a, I'm happy with my life. I love my children. I love my wife. I love what I get to do. Like, I'm happy. But we sometimes get confused because there are, there are absolute times where, the, where God shows anger, the expression of anger. And we're like, well, is he angry or happy? Like, God can't have two emotions. <laughs> People are like, oh, I'm so confused. Like, I thought he was good. Now he's angry and I don't know. Like, come on. How many people in this room have ever had two emotions at the same time? Now listen, I'm a, I, I'm a good father. I'm a good, I'm a good father. That, that's, my, that's my identity, but I can get upset at things. I can get mad, but it doesn't define my identity. Like, I can, I can have an upset moment, I can be mad at something, but that hasn't changed my DNA. I'm not now an angry father. <laughs> I can have an expression, I can have a moment of anger, and God does, God doesn't like sin. Amen? 
And God, God can get angry, but that's not his DNA. That's not his base nature. God is good all the time. Here's something that's wild. When we when we pick up our Bibles, right? We got we got the, the Old Testament, we got the New Testament, we know that, and but by by pages, by weight, the Old Testament is bigger than the New Testament. And God, you know, more than anywhere, there's moments of God showing his anger, wrath at sin in the Old Testament. And if we just face value that that's bigger than than the rest of the Bible. But here's the thing, that that chapter is closed. How many people know that chapter isn't getting any bigger? <laughs> but listen, the chapter that we're in now, right, the goodness of the Father gets to go on for eternity. And listen, the goodness of the Father that's displayed in Genesis before sin ever entered the picture because how many people know that when he that when he created it, he looked at creation and said it is very good. <laughs> and that God created Eden called pleasure or delight. He put mankind in the center of his pleasure. That that nature of God is the nature of the uncreated God. So that went on for eternity before the Bible. And the nature of his goodness goes on for eternity. So all we have is this little sliver in between. And you know what that sliver represents? Now listen, just so we're, we're on the same page over here. It, the Old Testament is a wonderful display of the love of God at times, the compassion of God. It's all in there. Are we on the same page? It's all in there. But there also is lots of times where, you know, his, his anger is displayed. But you know what that chapter represents? That chapter represents his children being taken away from him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of good fathers in the room, right? You want to see a good father get angry? Take his kids away. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but Jesus came as the Redeemer, the Restorer to win God's kids back, right? Listen, if you take my kids away, I'm about to get Liam Neeson on you in here, right? Like, I'm just saying. And every other father in this place feels the same way, right? Right? Like, so, but listen, that, that, is, that is not his defining nature. Come on, let's just pray together. Shout out, ba ba Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna close that thought with this. Matthew 22, verse 36. Some of the the Pharisees and lawyers were trying to trap Jesus, and and they said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to them. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The first, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, listen, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know that 
that word hang there is like to, to hang a lot, like it means something is suspended. What, what, what is it? Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And it says the law and the prophets are su suspended between those two realities. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Ooh, preaching myself happy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. We have a good father. And, you know, we're, we're speaking of this, um, the infant is being imprinted by uh, the face, the joy on the face of, of its father. And, you know, by creation, all that we're experiencing in this natural realm is a type and shadow of the heavenly realms. Can I get an amen? Like, they're tracking, right? Like, like, like this is this is type and shadow. This is this is practice for a greater reality, right? That God gives us things here that give us a peek into His reality. Like marriage teaches us about the covenant between God, God and His bride. Okay, I feel a series coming on. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really true, right? And by God's design, in this design, our earthly father, by design, is supposed to be our first representation of our heavenly father. We have a good father. And there's people that are, are running with the revelation of his goodness in this room. Maybe you're just you're catching it tonight, how good he is. Maybe you've been running with it for 10 years, but I feel, I feel like God wants to come at a foundational level. That even if going back 10 years, 20 years, there was a, there was a gap there, I feel like our father is going to fill in the gap tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And our our earthly father is meant to be that, that first representation. And, and he's supposed to teach us what it is to look up into the father's face and, and see joy and approval, to see hope, to see dreams twinkling in his eye for us. And some of us got to receive that and some of us didn't. But the love of God is here right now. The love of God is here. The love of the Father is here. Let me can get some of the teams you got ready. Thank you, Jesus. The love of the Father is here, and He's gonna He's gonna come with His goodness tonight. And He's gonna fill in some gaps. Why? Because he wants an empowered bride. He wants empowered sons and daughters. He wants people who, who know how to look into his face and get filled up with hope so that when the company is shutting down, you're the one person who walks in the next day full of hope and joy and faith. Then you come carrying the fragrance of heaven. And people around you are like, whoa. What have you been drinking? 
because I need some. And you get to tell them, no problem, because there's plenty. The goodness of God is here. You know, I, uh, Pray, praying for this person this one particular time who had had a lot of hurts they were working through, had a lot of had a lot of issues, they weren't able to get breakthrough in several areas. And I started praying for this person and God started taking us on a journey in prayer and and we ended up going back to the beginning and and how was your earthly father? Did you get to see joy? your earthly father's face and the answer was no and, and, and really they had experienced a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of abuse and and for years they had been trying to with God work past those things I feel like there's people in the room that could probably relate to that and then they were trying to work past those things with God past those things past those things but in this moment God did something unique that, that they were they could see their earthly father standing before them and it wasn't it wasn't God's design of, of reflecting his face. But God came and instead of like breaking those things down and pulling them past those things, Jesus came and he came and he stood between that person and the and the painful image of their father. But he wasn't looking at the Father, he was looking at them. And Jesus came and eclipsed the painful image of their Father. That, and at that moment, if I could use this language, a cord was broken in that moment. Something was severed. And they didn't have to get past that image to move on with God, God actually stepped in and cut it off. That, that, God, that God literally replaced it. He replaced that image with his own. And doesn't Jesus tell us, doesn't he tell us that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus wants to help us see his face tonight. Because when we see his face in right proportion or in, in right alignment, we, we start to get filled with hope. Some of us have learned how to look at God. And you know, we see God doing things and we're like, you know, we're applauding what God is doing, and we can even see saying that God is good because we see God doing good things and we're looking at God. But God's saying, I don't just want you to look at me, I want you to see me looking back at you. Because that's what changes everything. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. And God wants to do several things tonight that he's just gonna just be pouring over us with his with his goodness and with his love with his grace with his anointing 
If you get done before he's done, you're released to leave. But I feel like that God wants to eclipse some hurtful images. Can I say that again? I feel like God wants to eclipse some hurtful images tonight. And listen, we're family. We've said it from the beginning. But kingdom is family. This is family. We're not gonna we're not gonna get to where we're going because we play like we have it all together and we play polished like nobody's got any problems. There's no issues. Listen, growth doesn't happen there. Can I get an amen to that? That's not where growth happens. We don't want to play church. We want to become the church. <laughs> and God, we're gonna go on and God's gonna release some because he wants empowered sons and daughters. The, the, the joy of the Lord is going to become some people's strength in here tonight. But I believe he wants to start in this place. I believe that Jesus, the one who can say to you that when you've seen me, listen, those accounts where we, we read about the moments of, of the anger, the moments of the wrath, that is not his defining nature. That is a father who had his kids taken away. Who's trying to destroy everything that is great separation between him and his kids. But when they come back, it's not anger that they get. <laughs> they get this unrelenting love. They get the embrace of heaven. The embrace of heaven. They get the robe. They get the ring. They get the sandal. They get the fatted calf. They get the celebration. God wants to eclipse some old images with new. And I feel like this is specifically for some people that you've even for years, you've been trying to move past some things. And that's... That's not wrong motive, but instead of trying to move past them, God wants to step in between them. You want to close your eyes tonight? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go and we're going to pray for several things, so don't feel like we're just going to camp on that one thing. We're going to pray for several things, but I feel like if that's you, then there's a moment right now there's just grace here tonight. The love of the Father wants to come. I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment. And we have, it's not just a stand for show, but we have some fathers here that we've specifically spoken to people who are saved, people who carry the Father's anointing that we specifically asked and in a little bit, they're just going to be available to come around and just hug some people and just love on some people. But the first hug is from the Father. We want Jesus to come and eclipse some, some painful images. 
special happening here because we're a family and we, we want to run together and we're going to go on and we're going to release this empowerment and this hope but, but God wants to break off anything that would slow you down anything that would hinder you anything that would keep you bound he wants to break it off so that we can run fully into his goodness because there's some people in the room that when you've looked at God and he starts to look at you, you look away. But he says no more looking away. So with your hand in your heart, Father, I thank you for these courageous ones who are standing in your presence tonight. Come on, if you're standing, just close your eyes and just let the grace come, let the love come. Courageous ones, oh, who are standing because they know their sons and they know that their daughters of a wonderful king. And Father, I just thank you that you would highlight any anchor right now. That you would highlight any weight right now. That you would highlight any lie right now. Wow. That you would highlight any image right now. Wow. Any expression right now that doesn't match your goodness. And that's you. I just want you to see that image. It might be your natural father. It might not. It might be something else. I just want you to see that out in front of you at a distance. But Jesus is declaring over you, you don't have to fight past that thing tonight. Jesus is declaring over you that he's going to step in between you. He's going to eclipse it. You're not going to see that expression, that old expression anymore. You're going to see his loving, kind. Wow, there it is. Jesus, I just invite you right now, whoa, just to begin to step in. Well, between the hurt, God, between the disappointment, God, between the pain, God, between the loss, between the fear, step in and as you do, cut off the cord, Father, and replace that gaze with yours. Those fathers that I spoke with, if you're not already, you can just begin to move through the room. Take her and I want you to, to 
lift up your gaze and I want you to look at his face. But I don't want you to see his face. I want you to see the way he's looking at you. We're going to go on and we're going to pray for some other things.
open up some space in the room right now for people just to come and have a Father's Day hug, a Father's Day moment. I want to create some space right now for people just to come and to gaze upon His beauty. But not just to gaze on Him, but to let Him gaze upon you. To see how He looks at you. If you believe that you're that he loves you. If you believe that he loves you and he, you believe that he wants you to be empowered in his love, I just invite you to stand here. listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.